This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The left... The left in our country, they loved all of this. Black Lives Matter summer. Remember, it's not a distant memory because it affects just about every aspect of society. All those people running around apologizing for their white privilege. What were once racist ideologies that were not tolerated were suddenly promoted by previously reasonable people. It's all had its effect. We are now a dishonest, corrupt, but woke culture. I was going around the dial this weekend, and uh, it was a commercial that really got our attention. Take a look. You okay? It hurts. Be careful, all right? No, it really hurts. When you go to the doctor and they don't believe you're in pain because of the color of your skin. (laughs) Why is that still happening? I don't want him growing up having to deal with that crap. But with Oscar, he won't have to. They pair us with doctors who believe us when we say, Ouch. Oh, boy. With Oscar, a dedicated care team helps you find doctors you can trust. So doctors are racist. Doctors are racist. I don't have much experience with Oscar, but before last summer, a commercial like this would never have seen the light of day because it's inherently offensive to so many professionals so many Americans. But there's actually a truth here. Now, I know he's just an actor, but I want to play this uh, a portion of it one more time. No, it really hurts. When you go to the doctor and they don't believe you're in pain because of the color of your skin. <laughs> Why is that still happening? I don't want him growing up having to deal with that crap. But with Oscar, he won't have to. Well, He won't have to because you're in the picture, sir. In this fictional scenario, that kid has so much going for him, and that's you, the father. And there are too many families in the African-American community, I'm sorry, where you're an exception. You're a total and complete exception. And that's sad. It's also sad that I'm the only guy talking about this. Very few of us out there, at one point, brief shining moment, Barack Obama was not afraid to talk about what the real problem is in a certain community. Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. Missing from too many lives and too many homes. They've abandoned their responsibilities. They're acting like boys instead of men. You and I know this is true everywhere, but nowhere is it more true than in the African-American community. We know that more than half of all black children live in single-parent households. We know the statistics that children who grow up without a father are five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crime. They're nine times more likely to drop out of school. 
20 times more likely to end up in prison. So it's not racist doctors Oscar Sr. has to worry about. He's got half the problem licked. He's there. Too many fathers aren't. Now, too few people talked about this. We had an entire year where we talked about race in America, and we never talked about it. We now are living with the results of that dishonest conversation, rampant crime everywhere. I mean, all over the place, from the Louis Vuitton store to the drug store. This is the new reality after you delegitimize police by saying they're racist. Now, this is what we have. And this is somehow righteous. This is somehow uh, an understandable uh, pushback against systemic racism. Now, that is obviously insane, but that's our culture right now. By the way, isn't it, it isn't just uh, high-end stores or drug stores, even pot dispensaries. You know, we essentially legalized pot in America without ever having a real conversation about it. This is a pot dispensary, marijuana, uh, medical and other purposes, and it's being robbed. The drug dealers, the drug dealers are complaining. I was safer selling weed on the streets of Oakland than I am selling it legally, and that's a problem. That's crazy to even say, but... That's just the reality I'm living in right now. All right. I hear you, pal. I actually do. So this entire ridiculous conversation we had, not a conversation, it was basically a riot, has left us, well, uh, weakened at home and abroad. This was a significant moment when we sat down with the Chinese, the Biden administration, and they threw this back in our face. Challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. So we do hope that for our two countries, it's important that we manage our respective affairs well, instead of deflecting the blame on somebody else. And Tony Blinken was somewhere at that table, the Secretary of State. I wonder what he was really thinking. Oh, no, 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 no. That was just a bunch of junk we said to get elected. We don't believe any of that stuff. But here we are. It's branded. It's who we are now. And uh, we are weak. We're weak with the Chinese. We're weak with the Russians. We have reports that he's been sending even more uh, uh, troop, uh, uh, military reinforcements to the border. Is he not listening? We'll see in the in the days and weeks ahead. Look, the president, uh, Chuck, has made clear to, to President Putin on, on, on two occasions in Geneva uh, when they met some months ago and then just this week at the uh, in the video conference that I took part in uh, that, look, our strong preference would be for a more stable, predictable relationship with Russia. What we'd like to see now uh, is actually uh, Russia implementing its commitments under that agreement. We're going to test that proposition uh, together with our European allies and partners uh, and see how Russia responds. Ah, we'll uh, see what happens. Um, does he seem particularly strong? Does he seem like somebody that the Russians will respond to or the Chinese? I don't think so. You know, a big part of diplomacy, I'm told, is um, toughness and physical presence and stamina and duration. And let's face it, Joe Biden, big smile. He doesn't have that. And these two guys, unfortunately, are running circles around him, around us. China, they want Taiwan. They want it in a big way. They've had their eye on it for a long time. And right now, we're the weakest we've been in decades. They might just take it. Same goes for Russia. 
They want that big piece of uh, Ukraine, the Crimean Peninsula. And right now, <laughs> they might just get it because we are so weak. And so much of this comes down to Joe Biden's personal, personal weakness. Uh, we know about well, I think he's compromised. You look at that laptop, you know he's compromised. And just the physicality of it, I'm sorry, 79, whatever, he's weak. May God bless Bob Dole. May God bless America. And may God protect our troops. All right, I know that was a memorial, and you can have, only have so much oomph at a memorial, but we've all seen it. He's a wisp of a man, and because of that, we are more vulnerable. We have a vulnerability that we did not have just a little while ago with this guy. I mean, yes, presence means a lot. I liked his policies, I liked uh, his style, but the presence, that resonated on the world stage, believe me. We'll have more on that later. Want to talk a bit about the horrible storm in Kentucky? Look at that. Uh, so many lives lost. It really is uh, awful, and you wonder why these things happen. Uh, I don't think we're going to know um, until we get to the other side, until we meet God, hopefully. The damage, just heartbreaking all over the place. Homes, businesses. Um, uh, here's a woman trying to describe for us uh, what she's going through. There's no words for the devastation of it. I mean, there's the, people's lost homes, people's lost their children, people's lost families. I mean, I, I just, it, there's, I just don't even know the words to, to explain it. It's just, it's devastating. I understand. I, well, I don't understand. I've never been through something like that. Joe Biden is trying to find a, um, a culprit, and he's looking at global warming. All that I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impact as a consequence of the warming of the planet and the climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to take a look at that. But the fact is that uh, we all know everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Everything. We've also had horrible storms since the beginning of time. And if a Democrat president asks the swamp for an answer, he usually gets it. Does global warming have anything to do with this? The swamp is going to say yes, because they know that's what the Biden administration wants to hear. Did you hear that the Amazon, the Amazon, the company had a major warehouse that was destroyed in all of this? They lost six employees. Six of their workers lost their lives. Um, horrible. Really, really sad. And here's something that is really, really infuriating, I believe. Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, the next day went ahead with that stupid stunt, uh, glorified bottle rocket roller coaster slingshot into space. Not really space, 60 miles up. I don't know what that is, but it's not space. It's half the distance Alan Shepard went up in 1961. I don't know what the heck we're doing with this, but Jeff Bezos sowed 
a horrible lack of judgment and leadership by going ahead with this thing right after he lost six of his employees, the people who made him rich. And here's Michael Strahan, who went up for who knows what reason, coming back, hugging uh, Jeff and his girlfriend, a ridiculous display. Um, you know, Jeff Bezos, back in the 90s, he was a, a nice guy with, with an interesting idea. And good for him. He, he changed the world. But unfortunately, he changed along the way. I mean, look at him. They say he looks like Dr. Evil from the Austin Powers movies. And you know what? He does. He actually does look like that. This is what, uh, I guess, billions of dollars and uh, incredible power will do to you. It's not attractive. I don't think we want that. Everybody wants a billion dollars, but do you really? I, uh, I wonder. The storm, how do you explain this storm? How does one explain it? It's, it's not, only God has the answers, really. And uh, as horrible as this is, I am reminded right now, at this moment, 49 years ago today, astronauts were on the moon. And when they were on their way to the moon, they took this picture. This is one of the only, this is the only genuine full Earth picture that exists. It was taken in 1972. What a beautiful creation uh, of gods that we are privileged to inhabit for the time being. If you want to find out more about these mysteries, I highly recommend the Bible. And if it it's hard to read, like it was hard for me to read. I got the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible that broke down some of the mysteries. To be continued, we'll be right back with Chris Wallace. He has finally called it a career, thankfully, over there at Fox News. Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fakest of them all, Chris Wallace, will thankfully no longer be on Fox. He'll be on CNN, where he'll be more comfortable and certainly less viewed, CNN Plus, their streaming product. But anyway, yesterday he made it official. Finally, a personal note. After 18 years, this is my final Fox News Sunday. It is the last time, and I say this with real sadness, we will meet like this. 18 years ago, the bosses here at Fox promised me they would never interfere with a guest I booked or a question I asked, and they kept that promise. I have been free to report to the best of my ability. The bosses that hired him are long gone. The bosses that came next should have supervised this liberal's every single move. After 18 years, I have decided to leave Fox. I want to try something new to go beyond politics to all the things I'm interested in. I'm ready for a new adventure, and I hope you'll check it out. And so, for the last time, dear friends, that's it for today. Have a great week, and I hope you'll keep watching Fox News Sunday.
didn't thank his bosses, didn't thank his colleagues, didn't thank anyone. It was all about him. Earlier, he mentioned his ability. He has crummy ability. I thought it was a great speech. Um, I've been listening to these inaugural addresses since 1961. John F. Kennedy asked not. I thought this was the best inaugural address I ever heard. He was talking about Joe Biden. And who is the best press secretary ever? Jen Psaki, I think, is a, one of the best press secretaries ever. I mean, come on. I mean, there's swamp, but this is swampy. This is really swampy. How about this for cozying up to the Democrats' favorite person of the moment? Inquiring minds want to know uh, your twin children, uh, Penelope and Gus, are they going out tonight for Halloween? And if so, how will they be dressed? So uh, Chaston, my husband, found uh, uh, costumes. So even if you can't get the bill through the house, uh, Gus and Penelope will be infrastructure. We're going to get both, Chris. <laughs> and how are you dealing with the lack of sleep? Uh, sleep is a, is a distant memory, but uh, we, uh, we're adjusting. He got plenty of sleep. He took three months off. That's a little much, right? Penelope and Gus? All right. And he was worse, really bad, when he sat down whenever he got near President Trump. That's when he did his hardest work for the swamp. Why is it so bad right now? Uh, they've run them poorly. It was always bad, but now it's gotten totally out of control. And it's really because they wanted to fund the police. And Biden wants to fund, to fund no, the he, police. Sir, he does not. Look, he signed a charter with Bernie Sanders. I will get that one, just like I was right on the mortality rate. Did you read the charter that he agreed to? It says to nothing about defunding the oh, police. Oh, really? It says abolish. It says defund. Let's go. All right. Get, well, me, you, get you, me the charter, please. All right. Chris, you've got to start studying for these. He incidents. says defund the police. He says defund the police. They talk about abolishing the police. They talk about illegal I, I, aliens I look, I look pouring. Forward, I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, uh, the president was right. Chris Wallace was wrong. He tried to fact check the president, which is very fashionable these days. Journalists fact checking in real time. Uh, Chris didn't know what he was talking about. Bending over backwards to protect Biden, who did endorse defunding the police. Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, absolutely. That was the moment. That was the moment. You can spin it all you want, but Addie Barkin there was talking about defunding the police. That's what the whole thing was about, and Joe Biden signed up for it. Hey, not only this, Chris was a jerk around the office. I want to take you to task, if I may respectfully, for a moment. Yes. I have been uh, watching the show since 6 o'clock this morning when I got up, and, and I, it seems to me that, that uh, two hours of Obama bashing on this, uh, this typical white person remark uh, is somewhat excessive. And frankly, I think you're somewhat distorting what Obama had to say. I guess I just feel like on a day when he's been endorsed by uh, Bill Richardson sure. and we have this story about the passports uh, and the State Department officials looking into them, I feel like uh, two right. hours of Obama bashing may be well, enough. Well, here it is, Chris. I know you watched and I appreciate you respecting us enough to say it on camera as opposed to writing an email because I think it's better for our viewers to understand we don't agree on everything. <laughs> you see what Kilmeade was getting at? You take care of this stuff behind the scenes. But he was too busy preening for the swamp. 
showing them, you see, I'm not like these people, I'm with you. That's where his loyalties lie. Now, nothing though, none of that compared to his outright cheating during the debate last fall when he went to great lengths, who bent over backwards to protect Joe Biden. He didn't have a job until you became vice president. Once you None became of that vice president, he made a fortune in Ukraine, in China, in Moscow, that is simply and various not other places. True. He my made son, a fortune. Gentlemen, my son. And he didn't have a job. My son, like a lot of people, like a lot of people we know at home, had a drug problem. He's overtaken it. He's, he's, he's fixed it. He's worked on it. And I'm proud of him. But why was he given tens son. of millions right. of dollars? But he wasn't given right. tens of millions of dollars. That is totally, that's been totally discredited. Totally discredited. We've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Yes. Well, you know, yes. as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, I know, a judgment call here. Gets three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor talk about, of Moscow. Let's talk about not true. Gentlemen, that report is totally discredited. I, I, I Mitt think, Romney on that committee said it wasn't worth taxpayers' gen- money, that report. It was written for political y- reasons. You know, I'd like to talk about climate change. So would I. Okay. And they changed the subject. President Trump was scoring real points about Joe Biden's personal integrity. It's a debate. He's allowed to do that. He switches the topic right here to climate change. Now, unfortunately, President Trump went along with it. Uh, he did. And I wish he had gone back. But again, he, it, was, it was two against one. The forest fires in the West are raging now. They have burned millions of acres. They have displaced hundreds of thousands of people. When state officials there blame the fires on climate change, Mr. President, you said, I don't think the science knows. Over your four years, you have pulled the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Accord. You have rolled back a number of Obama environmental records. What do you believe about the science of climate change And what will you do in the next four years to confront it? I want crystal clean water and air. I want beautiful, clean air. I love the the president, but this is where he should have switched back to Joe Biden and the matters of uh, his finances with Hunter. Chris Wallace successfully changed the topic. And then he joined forces with Joe Biden on this whole nonsense issue of white supremacy. Well, here's the point. The point is that that's what he is keeps trying to rile everything up. He doesn't want to calm things down. Instead of going in and talking to people and saying, let's get everybody together, figure out how to deal with this. What's he do? He just pours gasoline in the fire constantly and every single solitary okay, time. Okay, and, and to end this, button up this segment, I'm going to give you a minute to answer, sir. You have repeatedly well, criticized... Wait, I have to answer his statement. No, you have his repeatedly... Statement. Wait, you have repeat, no, you've been talking he back and forth. He made a statement. I'm asking you... I would a, love no, to you end know, it. Sir, I would I, love to I, end I, it. I, you know, if you want to switch seats... We, we would could, very quickly. We could do that, but I'm, no, I'm the National I'm, Guard, it would be over. There'd be no problem. Okay. But they don't want to accept the National Guard. You have repeatedly criticized the vice president for not specifically calling out Antifa and other left-wing extremist groups. But are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups and to say that they need to stand down and not 
add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, but do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing. Not from the right so wing. So what are you? What are you, you? What are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white right like supremacists. Proud supremacists and right proud boys. boys. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing White supremacist. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his really? it's an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then you know what? No, no, we're done, we're done, sir. We're done, sir. We're done, sir. Namby Pamby, by the way. Uh, you saw that. They're working together. Uh, Wallace and Biden, white supremacy, Proud Boys. By the way, Proud Boys are not white supremacists and good for President Trump for saying stand back and stand by. Uh, Biden said gasoline on the fire would not let the president respond to that. This guy was so unbelievably in the tank and so unbelievably outclassed by his predecessor on that Fox News Sunday show, a guy by the name of Tony Snow. Do you remember him? The late, great Tony Snow. May I? There he is. Uh, I knew Tony. He later became the press secretary for George W. Bush, a great journalist, a great man. You know, when he left the White House press secretary job, he thanked more people at Fox... <laughs> than Chris Wallace did when he left his job at Fox. Scott was just, could not have been classier or more helpful. And I want to thank him and thank everybody here in the press office. Dana Perino, Tony Fratto, Scott Stanzel, Emily Larimore, Josh Deckard, Carlton Carroll, Ryan Graham, Pete Seat, Stuart Siciliano, Rachel Williams, Lois Cassano, who did my makeup on Fox News Sunday for many years before I came here. I want to thank all the stenos. Guy had the job for a little over a year. Thank more people than Chris Wallace did in a job he had for 18 years. Amazing. All right. I'm done talking about Chris Wallace, although you're going to see him in a moment. Um, I did have to go through that debate from 2020 and uh, some interesting moments there that I think are kind of fun to look back at. Uh, the question of the vaccines and um, uh, the impact of the lockdown. Take a look. President Trump, you have repeatedly either contradicted or been at odds with some of your government's own top scientists. The week before last, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, Dr. Redfield, said it would be summer before the vaccine would become generally available to the public. You said that he was confused and mistaken. Those were your two words. Yeah. But Dr. Slowey, the head of your Operation Warp Speed, has said exactly the same thing. Are they both wrong? Well, I've spoken to the companies, and we can have it a lot sooner. It's a very political thing, because people like this would rather make it political than save lives. God. Damn right. Damn right. And that's leadership, by the way. You don't become president to listen to two bureaucrats. You become president, I think, to lead. And President Trump led. And by the way, look at, look at Biden. Smile and shake his head. President Trump was right about the availability of the vaccines, of course. Hey, coming up, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman Republican from Georgia. Powerhouse superstar. We'll be right back.
If you've had it with the old news. And the same spent. Well, then Spicer & Company is your place. For the inside story. And for the facts that you need to know. All right, Dr. Fauci, still the public face of COVID. Haven't we been failed enough by this guy? The fake news still loves him because he was there for the fake news to trip up Trump. Anyway, back on the Sunday shows yesterday. If your child is five years of age and older, please get them vaccinated. We need to protect the children. This idea that children are not vulnerable at all is not so, George. I mean, certainly statistically, children do not get as severe disease as the adults, particularly the elderly. But if you look at the number of cases of children now, well over 2 million children from 5 to 11 have been infected. There have been over 8,000 to 9,000 hospitalizations and well over 100 deaths. He's been wrong on so much. And now he wants to tell us what to do with our children. It really is time for him to exit the public stage. I know the fake news loves him again because of the Trump stuff, but no, we're talking about our kids, okay? Seriously. And oh, by the way, just as a, as a public speaker, he stinks. Even if he were making sense, even if he knew what he was talking about, he would not be effective. The mutations would strongly suggest that it would be more transmissible and that it might evade some of the protection of monoclonal antibodies and convalescent plasma and perhaps even antibodies that are induced by vaccine. Thank you, thank you. So much of the discussion about COVID is absurd and political. Amy Klobuchar, Senator from Minnesota, a Democrat, uh, she likes to wear a mask. I'm not really angry at her here. It's more the pompous guy she was talking to yesterday. Two people without a mask complaining about somebody who wasn't wearing a mask. You were at the uh, funeral for former Senator Bob Dole, and you were seated, there's, there you are, you're seated next to a Republican Senator Ted Cruz, um, who, as everybody can see, is not masked, despite rules at the National Cathedral requiring all guests to wear a mask indoors. Now, you're a breast cancer survivor. Um, you're still recovering, I guess. Uh, no, I'm, I'm 100%. You're 100% now. better, but you're still at risk of infection because of, uh, because of this, this fight that you, you won. What was going through your mind there where Ted Cruz pulls up next to you and doesn't have a mask on, even though the rules are, please wear a mask to protect you. You wear the masks to protect other people. Mm -hmm. Well, how could Jake be sitting there at a table with a breast cancer survivor who is more vulnerable, according to Jake? Uh, how about that for fake news phoniness, huh? No mask, giving Ted Cruz a hard time. Hey, good for Amy Klobuchar. She did not take the bait on this one. Um, I want to talk about Japan. Japan, great country. I've been there. Beautiful. We beat them, of course, in World War II. General MacArthur set up a very enlightened system uh, for the Japanese democratic uh, society, even though it's, um, well, it's a kingdom, I guess. There's an emperor in charge. Anyway, listen to how they're handling the vaccine, what their official policy is. From the uh, Japanese government health website, Vaccinations, they warn, may cause health problems, illness, or disability. Although this is extremely rare, the risk cannot be eliminated. And a relief system has been established for this reason. It goes on to say, although we encourage all citizens to receive the COVID-19 vaccination, it is not 
compulsory or mandatory. Please do not force anyone in your workplace or those who around you to be vaccinated, some translation issues here, and do not discriminate against those who have not been vaccinated. Wow. General MacArthur, you did, you did well. All right. I have to talk about uh, a wild situation in Scotland. Take a look at this. Uh, the absurdity of police logging rapists as women. Police Scotland said that they would log rapes as being carried out by a woman if the accused person insists, even if they have not legally changed gender. How about that? Legally, I don't know what the ramifications are, but obviously it's absurd. And uh, J.K. Rowling, you know her? People love her Harry Potter books. I think they have... uh, She's a billionaire. Uh, They're so successful. She's very active on social media. She does not like the transgender mania that says everything has got to be about these three people who it genuinely affects. She put out a statement about this uh, on Twitter. At the (laughs) war is peace, freedom is slavery, ignorance is strength. The penis individual who raped you is a woman, the penis individual. She has a way with words, huh? Well, they came after her. The woke left, uh, ooh, this is, uh, this is hate speech. I mean, really, she's been under fire. Uh, lots and lots of negativity coming her way. I don't think it's gonna stop her. This is a woman who basically wrote the biggest book of the century in the back seat of her car. It really is an inspiring success story. Here's a little bit about uh, uh, J.K. Rowling from, I believe, J.K. Rowling. A mere seven years after my graduation day, I had failed on an epic scale. An exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded, and I was jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless. The fears that my parents had had for me, and that I had had for myself, had both come to pass. And by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. I was set free because my greatest fear had been realized and I was still alive and I still had a daughter whom I adored and I had an old typewriter and a big idea. And so rock bottom became the solid foundation on which I rebuilt my life. How about that, huh? J.K. Rowling in the Harry Potter books The rest is history. Good for her, and I hope she keeps speaking out against this insanity. Coming up, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congresswoman from Georgia. There she is, has no problem speaking out. We'll be right back. Well, there she is. Welcome back to Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Republican of Georgia. Superstar, she is beloved. She is also less than beloved by some. Uh, I don't agree with them. Congresswoman, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good, Greg. But, you know, there's people that are being tortured and abused in the D.C. jail and other jails across the country uh, simply because they're Trump supporters and they're not BLM and Antifa rioters. It is wild. And you've been so uh, strong in your support and visiting them in jail. 
You actually attempted a visit before you got in successfully. You had a confrontation with a guard named uh, Landerkin. Uh, There she is, by the way, Kathleen Landerkin. We found a pretty interesting tweet of hers, or maybe your office did, but we'd like to put it up on the screen. Uh, Back in 2019, she wrote, F everyone who supports Trump. Now, this is a D.C. uh, jail official She's in charge of looking out for these guys. They've been complaining about horrible treatment. How much of this do you think results of her political views and maybe the political views of her colleagues, the the unfair treatment? It's absolutely 100 percent her political views is the reason why they're being abused. And she's not just any guard, Greg. She is actually the deputy warden of the D.C. jail. She oversees everything that these people go through in the jail. She oversees their conditions, their treatment, um, where they're where they're housed in the jail and everything that happens to them. Any of their complaints they make, Kathleen Landerkin, the deputy warden, would be fielding those complaints. And uh, in that video shot right there, she said that we were trespassers. Members of Congress were trespassers. So this woman and her dangerous beliefs on Trump supporters is is causing so many problems for these pre-trial January 6th defendants. I noticed that when she said trespassers, I thought that was pretty aggressive for a local civil servant to say to you guys, a congressional delegation. So what can we do with this and how do we get these guys justice? Because I do believe firmly that they are being treated very, very unfairly, persecuted, prosecuted because of their allegiance to Trump. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for asking that. And you've you've done a lot of this uh, information for your viewers. Uh, Putting it out there is huge. What I have to tell you is that's not her only tweet. We did a deep dive into her Twitter account, which she has now canceled. And her views are deeply disturbing. She not only uh, hates Trump and his supporters, but she also doesn't believe in a border wall. Yet she held these January 6th defendants in complete solitary confinement for months and months. Um, she, she not only hates Trump, but she also doesn't like white people and wants uh, them to be extinct. She said that in one of her tweets. She also doesn't like Bible verses on her Twitter timeline and many other disturbing things. And so we've saved all of her tweets and we'll be going after Kathleen Landerkin. She needs to be fired Her political bias is dangerous for pretrial defendants that are being housed in the D.C. jail. And we would love for people to to help make that happen. You know, you can call the D.C. jail. You can call the mayor's office in Washington, D.C., Mayor Muriel Bowser. You can call the Department of Justice. Look up the phone number and call. Tell them exactly what you think about this. Tell them how outraged you are that Antifa BLM rioters who attacked American cities for months on end Uh, Over 90 percent of them were let off of their charges, but yet people that rioted at the Capitol on January 6th are being treated unbelievably like political prisoners uh, for the crimes that they committed. You know, in America, we have due process and we have the right to be presumed innocent until we're proven guilty. And I believe in those rights. I believe in our justice system. And I know most Americans do. We never want to lose that in our country. And we need all Americans to come together on this one and to stop this political witch hunt and stop this authoritarian, out-of-control government, Biden regime, from just torturing their political enemies and using them as uh, basically examples of how they're going to treat Trump supporters going forward. 
Yeah, this is still America. This is still America. And if you're not successful, I don't know if this is America anymore. <laughs> we got to get those guys out. And this woman uh, should not be in that position. All right. Well, we appreciate it. We got to go. But uh, come back soon, OK? Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, we thank you. Thank you, Greg. All right. To be continued. We'll be right back. There is Brent Bozell. He's the president and founder of the Media Research Center, and he is also the author of the new book, Stops Along the Way, A Catholic Soul, a Conservative Heart, an Irish Temper, and a Love of Life. Here's a little gem from inside the book, if you don't mind, Brent. If a conservative is a liberal who's been mugged, then a right-wing nutjob is a liberal who just survived a communist machete attack. I like it. Brent Bozell, uh, welcome. Listen, we're going to talk about Chris Wallace, but I'd like to talk about the book first because we ran out of time last time. Um, congratulations. Um, why this book? Why now? Well, I, I, it's, a, it's a collection of stories. Um, they're all true stories. They're, they're designed to defeat the cliche that if it's too good to be true, it must not be true. In fact, they're all true stories. Uh, but they're, they're aspirational stories. They're stories about, I think, an interesting life. They're stories about adventures. But they're stories that aim at a bigger picture, uh, where, um, where, where we project the idea of, an, uh, of a world that could be. And there's no reason it couldn't be a world of this nature, a world that is much, much better than it is today, much safer than it is today, much uh, 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 with, with, a, with a better view of family, a better view of community, a better view of the future. It's aspirational with true stories. Some of the stories will be stories unlike anything you've ever read before, I promise. Some of the stories, like the one with the quote you just showed, are going to be more recent stories, but they're true stories that I think are going to boggle your senses. All right. Hey, you made an observation about conservatives. They used to be liberals, and you have some data here to back it up, but I want to run that quote, if you don't mind. Let's put sure. it up. It is... Uh, you should be reading this, by the way, not me. The, your words, but I'm going to I'm going to take a crack at it. It is that unflinching knowledge of both sides of any issue that makes a conservative out of a liberal, and it is the reason why conservatives always outscore liberals on political knowledge tests. Many of us started on the left. Number one, I did not know that about the political knowledge. Well, well, look, this was Jack Cashel who wrote the the foreword of the book. Uh, but Jack is a friend, and Jack comes from the worldview that has seen the outcome of liberalism. You know, here's the interesting thing, Greg. When you talk about two, two uh, ideas that are in conflict with another, you have to recognize at all times that the left's ideas have been implemented throughout history, and every single time they've been wrong, and every single time, no exception throughout history, Throughout history, they've been proven to be wrong. Therefore, for this country, and let's face it, that's where we're headed, for this country to head in that direction is, in a real sense, insanity. And again, this book talks about a better world. And when the reader reads it, you're going to read stories that you were never, ever aware 
could actually happen in the world today. And it's going to give you an idea of a future that is truly aspirational. Brent, I'm sold. I'm downloading it right now. Uh, the book is Stops Along the Way, A Catholic Soul, A Conservative Heart, An Irish Temper, and A Love of Life. Folks, I think we should all buy this. Brent, to be Thank continued, you. you bet. We'll be right back. Information. Truth. Is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people. I think this was a great show, but tomorrow will be better. Thank you very much. Stand by for Cinchfield.